0: What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Happy Thursday to you. We've got a lot to dig into. The Bills have a new punter, and I need to give you my takes on that. And as promised, we are going to take a deep, deep dive into the Bills Salary cap situation this year, next year, talk about opportunities to save money and really get an overall landscape of this picture as we talk about who should make this team and some of the implications on the cap and can they sign Matt Milano to an extension, all of those types of things. We're going to dig into it and find out the truth and what the answers are and how things could possibly unfold. I look forward to trying to be a math guy with you. I'll tell you what. One thing I'm not is a math guy. I actually switched my major in college to go from a bachelor of science to a bachelor of arts. That way I wouldn't have to take as many math classes. So I'll do my best here to, uh, to try to present this intelligently. I've cross-checked all of my information with Greg Thompson who is good at math and knows salary cap things. And so I have confirmed that my information is good and logical. Now it's just up for me to deliver it in a way that makes sense. But let's start with this news about the Bills signing a new punter. They agreed to terms with Lakeland Edwards, formerly of the New York Jets, and they cut Kari Vedvik. I'll tell you what, this Kari Vedvik's having a rough go. He tried to be like a dual kicker-punter type player, and it's just not happening. He commits only to being a punter, and he he can't beat out the worst punter in the league, and Corey Bajorquez, after like a week, the Bills said, get out of here. we got to find better competition for Corey B. So it just might not happen for Kari Vedvik. As John Awauro of the Associated Press pointed out on Twitter, Kari Vedvik, after being cut by the Bills, has been cut four times and traded once in just over a calendar year. So I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work out for this young man. Let's talk about Lakeland Edwards, this Bill's new punter, the new competition for Corey Bajorquez. The long and short of it is, I don't think he's very good. I don't think this is a guy that can beat out Corey Bajorquez. In fact, I think Corey Bajorquez is a better punter than Lakeland Edwards. And so (laughs) that, that definitely says a lot. Um, let's talk about some of their numbers that I think matter and stand out to me. Uh, In total punts last year, Corey Borges had 83 punts and uh, Edwards had 87. So just so that you know that off the top, that's the type of sample size that we're really digging into from last year specifically. Let's start with hang time. Lakeland Edwards last year averaged 4.19 seconds per punt in terms of hang time. The year before, 4.15. The year before that, 4.18. So we know that he's around a 4.17, 4.18 hang time punter. Corey Bajorquez last year, 4.52. So you're getting substantially more hang time on punts from Corey Bajorquez than Lakeland Edwards. Now, why does that matter? Well, because Lakeland Edwards has a lot of his punts returned. Edwards had a return percentage against him of 50.6%, and he only forced 13 fair catches. By comparison, Corey Bajorquez had a return percentage of 22.9 and forced 27 fair catches. And again, we're talking about 87 punts for Edwards and 83 for Corey Bajorquez. Now, perhaps Lakeland Edwards is a bit better when it comes to not punting the ball into the end zone and having those touchbacks. He's actually had the same amount of touchbacks that Corey Bajorquez had last year, 12, Over the last two seasons combined, so like over 160 punts, it took for Lakeland Edwards to get that many touchbacks as Corey Bohorka has accomplished in 2019 alone. So maybe that's some area where Edwards does better, but this hang time, this return percentage, the inability to cause fair catches, the stress that it puts on your punt team... It's not great. Now he's got a better like punting average, like yards per punt, but it's at the expense of, of hang time. So he kicks it further with less hang time. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I don't think this is the move. That's going to upgrade the bills punter situation. It's not going to settle the punter situation. Um, and the bills are likely to enter 2020 with uh, another question mark at punter whether it's Edwards or Corey Bajorquez. and you know the the thing that I always have urgency for and concern for is the holding component of it you need to figure out your snapper holder kicker combination and the Bills got their snapper and Reed Ferguson but we don't know who the holder is going to be probably Corey Bajorquez, but is it with Tyler Bass or with Stephen Hauschka so the Bills kind of need to to figure out who their their battery here for field goals is going to be that way you can develop that timing and consistency and get everyone on the same page. So I'm not sure Edwards moves the needles for me when it comes to the Bills punter situation, uh, a spot that I think is very, very upgradable. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of Of manufacturers, they've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about this Bill's salary cap situation. I am going to throw... A lot of numbers at you, so I hope that you can clear your mind, focus in, and let's navigate this discussion and really dissect where the bills are at in terms of salary cap space right now, where they are in 2021, what opportunities they have to create more space this year and next year, and I guess most importantly, can they get an extension done for Matt Milano and how much money will that cost? I'm going to present a lot of information here that is going to help answer those questions. So let's start with where the bills are right now when it comes to salary cap space. Um, We don't have the specifics of Deion Dawkins' contract, so we're going to make a couple of assumptions about that to help us navigate this discussion. Keep in mind, these numbers are going to be close. Um, We're not going to know exactly for sure because there's some guessing in, but it'll be close enough for us to have the right feel for where everything is going to end up. So right now, the Bills have $25 million in available salary cap space. If you go to overthecap.com, it's going to have the Bills with $30 million in available cap space. What that is not considering is the $3 million the Bills are paying Brian Winters and $2 million for a prorated piece of Deion Dawkins' signing bonus. We're going to operate under the assumption that Dawkins has a... Signing bonus of $10 million that is prorated across the next five seasons, this year and four for the extension, and that $2 million of that counts against this year's cap. So we go from the $30 million that Over the Cap has down to $25. Now, the Bills have $25 million in available salary cap space. We talk a lot about rollover cap space. Unused cap space from this year, goes towards next year's available cap space. It rolls over. Let's talk about some of the players that the Bills can cut and save money, which then could be used to roll over into the available cap space for 2021. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go position by position, and I'm going to tell you every single player that the Bills can release and save $1 million or more against the cap. Now that includes some very silly names. All right. It includes silly names like Trey White and Mitch Morse, guys that are absolutely not going to be cut, but I want to give you all of this information and make it so that you are as informed as possible about this discussion in the landscape of the salary cap. So every single Buffalo bill that will save at least $1 million, I am going to tell you, some of these are going to be very enticing when you hear me say it. Others, you're going to be like, Joe, why are you even saying it? Well, that's because I want to give you this information under the parameters that every player that can be cut for a savings of at least $1 million, you are going to find out about that player right now. At quarterback, Matt Barkley can be cut for a savings of $1.83 million. At running back slash fullback, TJ Yeldon can be cut for a savings of $1.65 million. Patrick Demarco 1.4 million, Taiwan Jones 956 thousand. I know that's not over a million, but it's close enough. And for anyone that is not a Taiwan Jones truther, I want you to know how much can be saved by releasing him. At wide receiver, there's going to be some silly names here. Actually, all three are silly, but I want you to know the information. John Brown can be released for a savings of 6.1 million. Cole Beasley 1.4 million. Andre Roberts 1.5 million. it's silly to silly to discuss any of those three but I want to give you the information at tight end Lee Smith can be cut for a savings of 1.75 million dollars on the offensive line several names here Ty Secchi 3.2 million John Feliciano 3.4 million Daryl Williams 2.25 million Mitch Morse 1.1 million Quentin Spain 1.25 million. Tyan Seki stands out to me in this discussion. 3.2 million for a guy that couldn't even finish games last year and is kind of has this injury history and it's catching up with him and he's an older guy and you wonder what his durability is like. So that's a name that really stands out to me. Another name that stands out to me this point so far is TJ Yeldon. One point six five million for a guy that's not going to dress. He has no value on special teams. He has no value outside of really catching the football out of the backfield. I think it's a very replaceable skill set that you can find for much cheaper and you create $1.65 million by releasing him. So those are two names that really stand out to me. On the defensive line, uh, you have two players. Uh, Quentin Jefferson, you can cut him for a savings of $2.15 million. And Trent Murphy, this is the big one, $8.025 million. That's a big It's a big number there if you cut Trent Murphy. Again, you need to make sure you're you're good with A.J. Epinesa playing a bigger role, Daryl Johnson potentially, but that's a lot of money that you can save by saying goodbye to Trent Murphy, who's not a starter for you, with Addison and Hughes in the fray. At linebacker, you can cut Matt Milano for a savings of $2.13 million. At cornerback, you can cut Trey White for a savings of $1.3 million, and Josh Norman, for a savings of $4.3 million. So if you get through this training camp and you realize that Josh Norman doesn't have it left in the tank, you can save $4.3 million by letting him go. At safety, you can cut Dean Marlowe for a savings of $1.05 million and Micah Hyde for a savings of $4.6 million. And then at kicker, Stephen Hauschka, at $2.175 million. That is every single Buffalo Bill on the roster that can be saved for a savings of at least $1 million. Of those, I found four that really stand out to me. I already mentioned three of them. TJ Yeldon, saving $1.65 million. Ty Insecki, $3.2 million, especially if Darrell Williams plays well and you think Ryan Bates can play left tackle for you in a pinch if Deion Dawkins got hurt. Trent Murphy, $8.025 million. And Steven Hauschka, $2.175 million. If you cut those four players, and now I've given you all these numbers, you can, you can take this and, and take it wherever you want. I've given you the information, but for the purposes of what I'm forecasting and projecting, those four players, you cut those, it creates $15.05 million in cap space that you can use to roll over into the 2021 season. So with $25 million in cap space right now, before we did the cuts and 15.05 million that I created in releasing Yeldon and Secchi, Trent Murphy and Steven Hauschka, that would create $40 million in rollover cap for 2020. Now, of course, this is all under the assumption that nothing else happens, right? They don't sign any more players that count against your top 51. There's no restructures, The you know, just factors that we don't know what could happen the rest of the way. They could make a trade, but this is as things stand today. Again, these numbers will be close, but they are loose. They're not exactly precise because there's unknown variables. This is going to give us a close idea as to where things could fall. So now let's go to 2021. The bills right now for 2021 have $177 million in salary cap commitments for 2021. That is not including Deion Dawkins, who signed a four-year $60 million extension. Now, we don't know the structure of that deal yet. Let's operate under the assumption that his figure for next year against the cap is $15 million. So we add that 15 million to 177 that already exist in cap commitments and that means that the bills have 192 million dollars in cap commitments for 2021 right now. All right? Now we need to subtract our rollover cap that we created. So we're going to subtract that 40 million from the 192 in cap commitments that exist right now and that equals 100 and $52 million in cap commitments for the Bills in 2021. I hope that makes sense. The salary cap right now, as we understand it, is at $175 million. That is the floor. It could go up, but right now we're going to operate under the assumption that it's the $175 floor that the NFL has announced it will be. So you take the $175, you take the $152 in cap commitments that the Bills have, and the Bills right now have 23 million dollars in cap space entering the 2021 season. Now remember that includes the cuts that I made. So if you're not if you if you went through this exercise differently than I did, and you pick different players to cut, then you need to factor this up differently. But this is operating under the assumption that Yeldon, Secchi Murphy, and Hauschka are cut, creating 15 million dollars in rollover cap. That's how I got the 23 million dollars in salary cap space. Again, you can you can add it up a lot of different ways, but it really depends on who you cut. So if everything I said is true, the Bills have $23 million in salary cap space entering 2021. I am going to guess that the Bills need about $7 million to sign their draft class in the 2021 draft. All right, so with that in mind, the Bills have... 23 minus seven. So they have $16 million in cap space. How much does an extension for Matt Milano cost? Well, I've kind of talked about this before on the podcast. I think you can look at the Shaq Thompson deal that he signed with the Carolina Panthers four years, $54.4 million. That's 13.6 average per year. Quan Alexander signed four years, $54 million with the San Francisco 49ers. That's an average of $13.5 million. So I'm going to guesstimate that that, uh, Matt Milano signs a four-year, $56 million deal that pays him an average annual salary of $14 million a season. So let's factor his figure in 2021 at $14 million per season. So now the Bills have $2, 3000000 million in cap space after signing their draft class and re-signing Matt Milano. It can be done. It gets tight. Now, while Matt Milano is the most important free agent, there are other free agents that the Bills are going to have to deal with and address because there's still a roster to fill. And so obviously $2, 3000000 million isn't going to fill up the roster. Now, you can be assured that um, it's unlikely that Brandon Bean's going to be as busy as as he has been over the last couple of seasons when it comes to free agency, where he added, I mean, so many different players. You can you can assure that the big move is re-signing Matt Milano because you don't have much flexibility after that. But again, after Matt Milano, there's still there's still players that need to be re-signed. I'm going to give you the list of Bills free agents. Uh, after the season, and you're going to notice that, well, yeah, there's some roster spots that are going to need to be filled. Maybe not by these players, maybe by cheaper players, but you need guys in these spots. So Trent Murphy, Tyler Croft, Josh Norman, Ty Secchi, John Feliciano, Andre Roberts, Daryl Williams, Pat DeMarco, Matt Barkley, Taiwan Jones, TJ Yeldon, Evan Baim, Isaiah McKenzie, Vincent Taylor, Brian Winters, Levi Wallace, Robert Foster, Jason Kroom, Corey Bohorquez, Ike Bakker, Corey Thompson, Mike Love. Now, obviously, that list is quite different if the Bills cut the players that I said. So, you know, Trent Murphy's already cut, Ty Secchi, TJ Yeldon. So it, it may look different based on who the Bills go ahead and cut this year, But the Bills have a sizable list of free agents that they have to deal with. Again, not all super important, uh, but I see at least the Bills starting right guard position with John Feliciano and Brian Winters that will need to be addressed. Bills, both of their cornerback twos, Josh Norman, Levi Wallace, are on this list. Now, Levi Wallace uh, is a restricted free agent, so you could probably get him back for a very reasonable number, but you're going to need to find somebody there in that spot. So, you know, there's some things to deal with. There's a lot of backup offensive linemen, guys like Evan Bame, Darrell Williams, Ty Insecki. Um, You're going to have to find your depth there, and you're going to have to find a way to pay for it. So that's just stuff to, to keep in mind there. Tyler Croft is on this list. You're going to need a backup tight end. I don't know if Tommy Sweeney is going to be that guy. Um, certainly you want something more dynamic than Lee Smith. So there's some, ant- some problems that you need to solve here. In addition to the Bills kick returner, Andre Roberts, an extremely valuable member of this football team that – uh, is a top-tier punt and kick returner and, and is a very secure ball handler and punt fielder, you need a guy like Andre Roberts or you need to bring him back. So there are holes to fill here um, that extend beyond just bringing back Matt Milano. And so that two to $3 million that remains after paying for your draft class and signing back Milano is not going to get that done. So let's look at players that the Bills can cut in 2021 and create more cap space for them to work with. I'm gonna give you a bunch of players here. Again, some of these are gonna be very silly names, but I just want you to have the information. Mario Addison can be cut for a savings of six point three million dollars. Vernon Butler, six point seven million dollars, Jerry Hughes, seven point four million dollars, Quentin Jefferson, five million, Quentin Spain, four million, Tyler Medikavich three point three five million, Lee Smith, two point two five million. A.J. Klein, 2.4 million; Steven Hauschka, 2.55 million; John Brown, 8.2 million; Cole Beasley, 4.4 million; Mitch Morse, 4.9 million; Micah Hyde, 5.2 million; Jordan Poyer, 5.9 million. So those are some of your big opportunities. If you felt like you had to cut any of those guys, that's how much money you can free up. And so when you think about the entire roster that the Bills need to fill, those are some of the guys that they can. Um, they can move on from or restructure their deals or you know commit more guaranteed money at a lesser rate but you know reduce their cap figure there's a lot of things that they can do to create some more cap space so that's that's the forecast right that's that's where things go it's tight but if the bills want to bring back Matt Milano and his market value is like 13 14 million this is what that all looks like and again, there's players that they can cut, they can restructure, they can do things to create more space. And again, this is operating under the assumption of $175 million cap, which could go up. It's assuming that all, you know, that Deion Dawkins has a $15 million figure next year. It might not be. It might be 10 in 2021 20, uh, and then higher in subsequent years because they wanted to reduce that number to have more flexibility when the cap goes down. Um, the bills, this is also operating under the assumption that Matt Milano gets all 14 million of that against the cap in year one, like, you know, his average annual salary. So it's, it's not this hard and fast, right? There's some, there's some looseness to this conversation, but I think having this discussion, throwing out all this information, hopefully gave you a very clear understanding of where the bills are. Cap wise this year, cap wise next year, what opportunities they have to create space, whether it's releasing guys this year or next year, how much Milano is going to cost, being mindful of the the draft class that they need to sign next year, and just really gauge where things are at. Now the following year, you know Trey White is a is a free agent that the Bills are going to have to deal with, and. Um, you know, obviously, the fifth year options for Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen. So things don't get easier. These are great problems to have. This is what happens when you draft good football players and have to pay them uh, a lot more money when it's time for them to sign their second contract. So These are all good problems to have. But in the somewhat short and somewhat long term, um, this is this is how things look. So I hope you found this uh, valuable. Uh, I hope that it came across clean. Again, I'm not a big math guy, so this isn't super comfortable uh, information for me to kind of navigate with you, but I hope it it came across um, uh, consumable and and, and you picked up what I was laying down, if you will. So uh, that'll do it for us today. Tomorrow, I think I'm going to do my first roster projection since camp started. So uh, we'll we'll take a look at where I see the 53-man roster uh, finalizing as my guess, So we'll do that on tomorrow's pod to close out the week. I'm looking forward to it. Make sure that you don't miss it. Make sure that you are subscribed. If you enjoyed the podcast, how about sharing it? Maybe a five-star review, a couple sentences in the review column. All that stuff is very, very helpful. Look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.